0: Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. All right, we just celebrated 44 years together. I listen to that song totally when you get home. There's only one line I had a little problem with. See if you can figure it out. But anyway, the rest of it, it's true about the sunshine, the birds singing harmony. It all has happened ever since I met Cindy in 1976. So uh, we had a great time. Got married in 78. Been sharing some pictures and stuff. And just thank, somebody this morning sent me a message and said they thanked us for our are uh, what, what was the word? It was like determination, you, which you which you typically don't. You know, it's not a real romantic thing, but uh, but it's really true. Like if you just got married, you know, Evan, where are you, Evan? You just got married. It's it's romance. It's it's great times together. It's mainly it's covenant. It's commitment, but it's really determination. And it's steadfastness. And it's, it's you making the same decision over a thousand times. There are days that Cindy wanted to kill me. There were days, I know there were no days I wanted to do that, but there were definitely days this week, actually, that you know, she wanted to kill me. So, you know, that happens. But you got you to gotta get up and say, we're going to keep doing this together. So I know it's not popular right now across the nation, but let's thank the Lord for marriage. Right. I, the music came on, and Ashley says, "It's so embarrassing." <laughs> yeah. it's true. We do this every year. I pick another '70s song to to represent our relationship. Hey, a few quick announcements, real quick. we had uh, VBS this week, Vacation Bible School. I forget how many kids we had, a bunch of them. But guess what? Was it 27? 27 young children gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. Woo! I love it. That's what we're here for. <laughs> See souls come in the kingdom. Some people are like, oh, yeah, they're little kids. I don't really understand. It doesn't matter. They say yes. They know what they're saying yes to. They may not understand the full implications, kind of like marriage. They may not understand the full implications of it. But I came to the Lord when I was eight years old, and it, it stuck. I, I'm not a perfect guy. I made a lot of bad mistakes in my lifetime. But the power of the blood of Jesus Christ upon your life can carry you through your entire life. And we thank the Lord for those 27 children that gave their heart to the Lord. It's why we do this. We love it. And the other announcement: Say, Oh, yes. Uh, this week, if you didn't hear, uh, Bill and uh, Benny Johnson, Bill's wife, Benny, passed away. This week, she'd been battling cancer for a number of years. Specifically, over the past, I think since February, about eight or nine months, where it kind of came back in a in a fury. And uh, we are so grieved by that. I mean, we've uh, done our condolences and praying for Bill and sending a message of please pray for Bill and pray for Bethel Redding Church. I mean, she is she's a dynamic individual in that house in that church making a huge difference. Her her death is a great loss to us, but a great gain to heaven. I remember when she was with us several times, actually, just a few years ago, I think, was it, when was our women's conference, 2019, maybe, something like that? Uh, She came in, uh, she was with us in Akron once, and the furnace made some kind of a noise, like a bomb going off. It went, right when she was making a key point, it went, And went poof, at the end you know and we were all just there like wow what was that uh, and she just said well that's a little confirmation you know that came uh, during the time she had an incredible touch on prayer she had a best-selling book came out a couple years ago on communion really lifting the line the standard for us to take communion very seriously and the power that's connected with communion uh, we knew her personally loved her dearly and it's a it's a great, I mean, it's, it's, it's mourning, it's a season of mourning. I love what Chris Fallatin said, today we mourn, tomorrow we fight. And uh, that's what we do. We're going to continue to fight and believe God for healing and people's lives, for restoration in people's lives. Why sometimes it doesn't happen when we want it, I don't know. It's on my list to ask Jesus when I get to heaven. But I thank the Lord for her life and we honor her uh, this day. Uh, Oh, one other announcement. Josh, what was the one you made? Oh, yes, BSSM. There's a table out there at the back. Uh, For those of you who are interested in BSSM, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, it starts in August, and we are gearing up for it. We are going to have an amazing, exciting time. Joel's done a great job over these past couple years, and we're moving ahead toward a great year at at, uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. If you haven't been through it, it's like advanced discipleship. I mean, your life, God just customizes your life around the curriculum. I can tell you that right now, and and your marriage, your your life, the way you relate to your children, your identity, your leadership skills all get fine tuned in this little community about fifty to sixty people called BSSM. So come and join us this year. I'm going to be more actively involved this year uh, for a very variety of reasons, and and you'll hear about them as we move forward, but. I'm excited about BSSM. We want to make disciples, not only here, but of the nations, all right? Hey, turn with me, if you could, in the scripture. Uh, We're going to go to Romans 10 uh, in just a moment. And I'm preaching, you know, we're in a series called Word, and uh, it's uh, Airborne Through You. And I want to talk a little bit more about when I first started this series about a month ago, I preached on preaching. Now, I know when you preach on preaching, everyone goes, oh, why are you preaching the preaching to us? I mean, we're, we're not preachers. Well, hopefully by the end of this, this next uh, 40 minutes here, you're gonna walk out of here feeling like you're a preacher. And, and we want the fire of God that's shut up in your bones. Shut up <laughs> in your bones. The fire of God, like Jeremiah, is gonna come forward. I love where he says, I cannot hold it back. You know, you're a preacher when it's in there and it's stirring and you're like, oh, not now, not now, not now. And then all of a sudden, boom, you come out with something that's powerful that transforms someone's life. There's nothing on planet earth that feels so delightful as the word of God in season into a person's life. It's a win, 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 win scenario. I mean, the person you're giving it to, it's a win. It's a win for you. I mean, everyone feels good about it. It shapes, it changes, it transforms. It is a cutting tool for a defensive mechanism to keep the enemy away from you. It is written, it is written, it is written. And it is also a tool like a scalpel that comes into the details of your life and just prunes a little bit of that calcium deposit away spiritual calcium deposit away in your life in order to free you to be the person that God's called you to be. So the Lord, through his Holy Spirit, that's right, is operating on you. Sur- oh, well, there's a real, real thing going on over there, operating on you. And uh, I wanted to show you something as we get into this, because preaching is something that we do, but preaching is also something that everything around us does, the Bible says that creation groans for the sons of God to come forth. This past week, we had something amazing happen with the Webb telescope. Can we put that up here real quick? Do we have it up there? Three, two, oh, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at this. These are shots that were taken this week of uh, 13 billion years ago. Uh, <laughs> it's, these are, this is uh, distant stars stars. Uh, Uh, actually uh, 13.2 or 3 billion light years away. Now everyone, this is not a science lesson, but hey, we're learning in the United States, it's all about science right now. So let's go back to see what the science says. Light, when you come come in this morning, turn on this light, it moves at the speed of 186,000 miles per second. That's pretty quick. So you don't notice it. You go, I mean, you can try to catch it, you know, in some LEDs, you can do this, but you, you try to catch it. When light comes on, darkness flees at the speed of light. 186,000 miles a second. You know how fast that is, right? That's almost, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven times, a little more than seven times around this planet in one second. It takes, actually, the light from the moon to get to Earth. It takes 1.5 seconds. So that's pretty quick, isn't it? Saturn, or no Neptune? We'll go with Neptune. Neptune is four light hours away. In other words, at the speed of light, one hundred eighty-six seven times around a planet. At that speed, right there, boom! It's moving. It takes four hours at that speed to reach Neptune. Well, that's pretty. Long. That's a long way, isn't it? I mean, the solar system we live in is epic. It is big. We, what do, we, do we still have eight, nine planets? We had eight, and then one got kicked out. We had nine, one got kicked out. Is it eight? or is it nine? Pluto's a back in. I think they've got another one they're looking at. I think they're committed to nine. They're trying to make one up. But uh, we'll probably get another one voted in pretty quick. And they're out there. Pluto's really far away, uh, even though it's not a planet anymore. It's still morning, that whole thing. But anyway, it's out there. and It's far, you think of the solar system, we've all seen it. You know, we've seen the little models, you know, that are not accurate, by the way. But they look, you know, they're kind of cool. They're all close in, you know, symmetric and all that stuff. But it's, it's, it's way different out there in space. Well, if you go at the speed of light that fast, 186,000 miles per second, for 13 billion years, that's what's out there right now. Now, this thing on the right, it's amazing. You need to go online and look at it. I thought we'd had the bigger picture. I must have sent the wrong one. Anyway, it's, it's the full, it, it looks like a, a mountain scene in, in, in uh, like the Rocky Mountains. And these, these are actually, this full thing on the right, which you can see if you go on the internet, is actually what they're calling a nursery for stars. This thing that they weren't able to see. The Hubble telescope got a glimpse of it, but it was, it was covered with what looked like clouds. But the Webb telescope is able to go through, see through those clouds. What is that, infrared? I forget. Yes, infrared. Through the clouds. And this is the detail. See all these little lights down here on the right? Those are, those are baby stars being birthed. Out of this womb, 13 billion light years away, there's a little womb out there that's bigger than our solar system, bigger than our galaxy, huge thing out there, and it's birthing stars and planets. It's chi- In fact, they said that what you see there is not there anymore because a telescope is like a time machine. So when you're looking into it because of how long it takes for the light to come for us to be able to see, this is like, I mean, if you're not, if you're not Vance Dippold, you're not going to understand this. <laughs> He's a, he's a scientist at NASA, or Chris. He, he'd be another one. You know, they, they understand these things. But when I thought about it, I had to go make a coffee. I needed some espresso. <laughs> Clear the pipes out a little bit so I could think about it like, wait, you know, I can't see that, but we're seeing it. No, you're seeing what happened uh, 13 billion years ago. Uh, in fact, they're getting really close to wh- where they believe the Big Bang was, the, the beginning of all things. I feel like, I feel like this web telescope is going to get to the point where it's just going to look and they're going to zoom in. They're going to see Jesus going like this. <laughs> what is that? It's Jesus. I thought he was in my heart. He's everywhere. <laughs> It's the beginning of time. It's a little older now. I mean, it's stunning. I stared at this thing for like an hour. I had it on my screen in my office. I stared at it, you know, and these scriptures kept coming to my mind. So, and I also wrote a little thing down here. Let me see if I can get to it because it it ties in with what I'm saying. Uh, Oh, I've got the full picture here. I wish you could see it. It's amazing, but just, just do... Uh, web, telescope, uh, pictures, and it's going to pull up the fullness of that one on the right there. And they said that what you're seeing, and it's huge what you see. It's, I mean, it's, mul- it's hundreds of stars being birthed in this in this womb. They said it's the equivalent, and I told Cindy this, and she had to go get a cup of coffee too, but it's the equivalent <laughs> of getting a speck of sand. What you're looking at is, is, is the view of a speck of sand arm's length away compared to the rest of the universe this is one little glimpse into and this is 13 billion light years away so you're you're just looking at that you think I I mean it I mean when you look at it you're like I honestly I put I put on the internet I knew I'd get this response I put on social media you know, after looking at this picture, I feel so insignificant. Everyone's there, no, no, brother, you're, we love you. Yeah, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's like, no, no, no. We are really pretty small. We're minute. The fact that God would know how many hair we have in our head, that's that's kind of significant. Isn't he busy out there 13 billion miles away, light years away, doing stuff, you know? They said, by the way, we, the, that doesn't even properly measure the universe because It's expanding all the time. Ever since God said, let there be, it's been being. (laughs) It's out there going at the speed of light. For these thousands of years, millions of years, boom, boom, boom. As soon as you discover it, it's expanding, it's expanding. Why does God do that? Because he is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. I mean he overcreates. He makes so much Ooh, there it is. Look at that. Like like that looks like a Van Gogh picture or something. I mean, look at look at that. I mean these are I love that big bright one up there, you know, in the top. I mean these are all stars out there and these are these stars have never seen you. They said they said if there's a planet around one of these stars that has people living there and they have a telescope like ours and they look back at us we are so far away that they would see prehistoric animals on earth if they were able to see that so you know, maybe we need to all go outside and just wave You know, <laughs> I don't know when you're seeing this but we're here Probably long gone by the time you see this. So yeah, keep that up there. I like that. You know, that's that's a that's a picture of one little grain of sand out there amidst all the creation. Now listen to what the Word of God says. This is what I love. I'm sorry, just reading some of my facts here. We're getting close to the Big Bang. That's where Jesus is. Pick a star for a planetary nursery, which I, I had no idea there were those. Psalm 19 says this. We're going to go to uh, the other verse there in a minute, the one I told you that I forgot. Psalm 19 says this: "The heavens declare the glory of God." You know what the Hebrew word is for "for the declare"? Saul far, Saul far. That's the Hebrew word. Let's all say it together: Saul far. It's interesting in light of this telescope heavens declare there's something about the power of the very nature and the things God create the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork day unto day utters speech. This is the same context. So listen to this. Heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech. You know what the Hebrew uh, words for that are? Prophetic promise. All of creation preaches the glory of God. It says in Romans 1, it says in Romans 1 that, that, That even creation declares the divine attributes of God it's amazing that everywhere you look I mean you can't help but go outside and go for a walk I tell people if you don't you know if you're far from God you don't believe in God whatever go for a walk and just let everything speak to you You say what are you into like every time I talk to people like this they always bring up well we got to be careful you know we're not worshipping nature Uh, no no I'm I'm worshiping God through his creation. That's why it's important. You know, God is an outside God. Someone tried to put him in a box and anyone who touched the box got struck dead. I mean, it's he's out of the box and he's moving among the nations right now. And no, regardless of how utterly difficult our nation could be right now in the spot it's in, and it's in a very difficult spot right now. But God is on the move, and he's calling for people. He's raising up preachers all across this country that will no longer have fear of being canceled, but will speak boldly the word of God, not just in buildings like this, but everywhere they go, they are the sent ones. They are apostolic. They go forth in every way, and go get hung up on titles and commissionings and ordinations and everything. I mean, that's all appropriate in its own world, but God's called every saint, every man, and should I say every woman? I think I need to because so many, uh, I was just reading the other day. Uh, it, was, it was ridiculous. There's a particular denomination. Uh, they're kind of a well-known denomination, and uh, they they have very strict rules about how women should be treated in the church as far as how they are to be restricted as far as authority and things like that but they've never met read galatians galatians says that in the kingdom in christ there's no Jew nor or gentile or male or female i mean god will move upon those that are operating in faith god has a purpose for men and women in the kingdom of god <laughs> all the ladies are clapping so day unto day utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. So even while we sleep, creation is preaching. Right now, we never saw this sermon. I mean, the web telescope opened up the door. Do you when you heard the scientists? I mean, you gotta watch the scientists on there. They are obviously not TV personalities. <laughs> well, Wayne, what do you think of that? I don't know, Bob. It's very exciting. It's not like watching a football game. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. Powerful. Amazing how it looks. Cindy and I were watching it like, they should have hired actors to do this. <laughs> Called them scientists. I don't know. But, you know, it's not, it's not real inspiring, you know. But, but in their world, it's exciting. And they're expressing it in the best way they can. I mean, what the interpretation was, that was like, woo-hoo, woo, woo. Yeah, it was good. One old guy there, he kind of came up onto the stage and been working on this all my adult life, you know. I'm very excited about it. It's deep, it's sincere, but it's not what you would think but it's all communicating the purposes, the glory and the word of the Lord. What is this doing right now? This is not by accident right now. And I know the Hubble has been doing this all along and we're getting greater clarity now. God is revealing things among the earth in the skies and on the earth right now, he is preaching a corporate, what would you call it? (laughs) An epic corporate uh message that is a it's a meta narrative that speaks to the in culmination of all things in God. And we're down here like I, my latte is not hot enough. I am yeah, yeah. Could you feel it all the way to the top? I hate when you pay and they just fill it like two-thirds and then the foam dies down and I look in it's like I got half a cup. That's it. What's with this? I want you to fill it all the way to the top. Mr. Barista. That's what we're dealing with. God is preaching night and day. Prophetic promises are coming out. And he says, hey, you want to join me? I, you know, I was in a golf outing this week. And I didn't go there. I, this is the first time I've been golfing this year. I'm not a great golfer. I hit it in the low 90s, maybe on a good day. And uh, I'm out there and we're foursome. It's a scramble, you know. And, uh... <laughs> And so I know, I know the guy who put my foursome together as a fundraiser kind of a deal with the fish, you know, the radio station. There's like 100 of us there. And so what's that? 25 different foursomes. I think that's math there. 25 different foursomes, foursomes and we're out there and in a scramble, you know, you hit the best ball and then everyone goes up and hits from that spot. It's kind of fun moves along a little bit faster. That's the way they get 100 people through a golf course quickly. And so uh, my, my buddy, uh, who's, who's a bit of a wheeler-dealer kind of guy, pastor, he, he brought some ringers in. They're from out of town. <laughs> One of them was Lebanese. Brought him in, and he's, he came up to me. A Lebanese guy came up and said, Pastor, you can relax and have a good time today. We're going to win this. <laughs> all right. Um, I've never been a part of a winning golfing team, but sure, I'm open to that. And sure enough, he got up there and I, you know, my first thought was he was in his probably mid fifties. And I thought, well, he may have been at one point, but you know, he's, he's beyond his glory days right now, but he's not beyond his glory days. I mean, he was hitting on the green on par fours. He was hitting up onto the green, which I, you know, I always calculate at least three shots up to to the green, you know, and I mean, he clobbered the thing, you know, and he was very, he knew who he was and he knew what he could do. In fact, at one point he looked over, I had just flubbed this shot and he said, Pastor, why don't you guard the carts? (laughs) There's still some issues I'm dealing with on that. I forgave him in faith, but it hasn't quite settled yet into into my heart. But I, I had a, they used a few of my putts, and uh, it, it felt good. So at the end, of course, we're all at the banquet. At the end of the 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, we've had dinner, and they're now for the championship team. And they called out our team. You know, it was so cool because everyone's clapping. and I, People know me. And so they're looking like, how did he get into that team? But I, I, you know, I, I took advantage of it. This isn't going to happen again. So I was like, "Whoo, yeah! We we clobbered it, man! I'm with him, the Lebanese guy. He's amazing, you know. Uh, So I I got to participate in something bigger than me." (laughs) The Lord is building a foursome: Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you. That just came to me. I like that. And you say, I can't golf. I do not know which club to use. Doesn't matter. We're going to win this thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, who are you? I'm an Israeli. A Jew. And I grew up in the desert. And we're <laughs> we going to win this thing. So... The glory we share, we participate in the glory of God as he preaches to the nations. I want to encourage you right now. Sign up with Jesus. Get involved in this thing. Listen, it says that the the world's... If the the sky itself, 13 million, billion light years away is declaring the glory of God, uttering its prophetic promise day by day and night by night, it reveals knowledge even when people are watching 24 seven, boom, 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. We're down here. What could you describe a woman to me? Well, that's a difficult question. (laughs) It depends on your perspective and how you're looking at it. And what are we really talking about? Why is this even an important issue to have a qualifying question about gender? It was a question about uh, the... The people that bear children, that carry children—I mean, I would—I'm kind of dumb. I'd say well, that's women. What's well, a woman? If you don't know, you got other issues. Would be my response. Fortunately, there's people smarter than me out there that are talking, and they don't know. They don't understand. So while we're debating, what is a man? What is a woman? Thousands of years after they were created. And innately, we kind of understand and know what a man and a woman is, but are afraid to discuss it. And even if you know the answer, don't say it. Or you're going to be in big trouble. That is the culture we're living in right now. Meanwhile, the universe is declaring the glory of the Lord. I'm going to sign up with that team. I really believe that team is going to go all the way. It says this about the Word of God. Psalm 33, for the Word of the Lord... By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the hosts by the breath of his mouth. He counts the number, there's Psalm 147. He counts the number of the stars and calls them by name. (laughs) He's named all those stars out there in this nursery that are being birthed, millions and millions of stars. Stars, our sun is a star. It's 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 a dwarf, a yellow star. Uh, Psalm 8 says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars that you have ordained. What is man? Thank you, scripture. That's what I was feeling this week. What is man that you're mindful of him? And the son of man that you should visit, visit him. Hebrews 11 says, by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made by things that are Visible now, okay, let's go to scripture. So we're going to uh to Romans and let's look at Romans chapter 10 and we're going to kind of reverse engineer this. I was going to refer to this scripture about a month ago when I was preaching on it, never got to it. Romans 10, verse 14 and 15 says this How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? It's a legit question. How are people Well, let's unpack it a little bit. How are people going to know about Jesus? Well, actually, if you go to Romans 1, you'll learn in Romans 1 that they know because of what he's created and what he speaks through creation. It says that. He says in Romans 1 that we are without excuse. Have you ever wondered that? Like, what about people on some remote island living in some primitive fashion that do not know God? They've never seen a Bible. They've never talked to a Christian, and they die, and they do not go to heaven because they did not give their lives fully to God. What happens to those—I mean, this is one of those, like, top ten questions that people ask about. And, you know, when you're younger, you're like, "I, I don't know. God is smarter than me. I'm sure he's got this thing worked out. We, we make up other theologies like, well, I'm sure the Lord gives them like some kind of special pass or something, you know, because they didn't hear the gospel preached or something like that. But the Lord is already working on every individual from whatever remote island where they may not have all this type of understanding or revelation coming out. To, to right in your neighborhood. God is ministering and speaking to people right now. He's using culture. He's using entertainment. He's using nature. He's using everything in this world to preach his news of gospel, gospel of his news of who Jesus Christ is, and it is good news. So it says this. It says, how can we call upon him when we've not heard? And how shall they believe in him when they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So this is, when you, when you look at this and you reverse it, because it's moving in an order, it's talking about sending, preaching, believing, and calling on the Lord. So what has to happen first is there has to be somebody who is sent. Somebody who's commissioned to go out to preach, to speak. And they got that as they heard this scripture or heard this sermon being preached wherever it might have been in Romans 10. They realized, okay, how are people going to call upon a god, uh, upon God? Somebody's going to go have to go out and preach the gospel. Now here's the deal on preaching. Preaching the the word used for preaching in the New Testament, it's one of the first greek understandings i ever had in college and it was kerygma it was two big ones koinonia and kerygma koinonia was very popular in the 70s you know we sang songs about it and everything koinonia is the fellowship of the spirit the coming together all that stuff kerygma is the unique forceful power of communicating the word of god and when you communicate the word of god it is not shakespeare it's not war and peace When you communicate the word of God, it is the word of God. And when you speak it, it has an edge to it that transforms environments and transforms people's lives. But something has to be, someone has to be sent out to do that. Somebody has to go out beyond themselves, beyond their own life, beyond their sphere, beyond their priorities and the things that are important to them. They need to go out in the workplace. Some people need to go out into a workplace where there may not be any Christians at all. And I hear people all the time, they go to the place I got to get out of the place I work, you know. Boy, I haven't heard this recently, so I can say it without feeling that I'm going to dishonor anyone. But, but uh, you know, they say this, they go, oh, you don't understand, Pastor, you, you work around Christians all day. Your staff. See how most of them are Christians. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not hearing the vulgarities. And, I, I understand that. I understand that. I get it. I mean, I've I've worked in places where they were not all Christians in my lifetime, and I, I I was a business trainer for nine years for an international company. I understand that. I get that it's not church. You know, it's 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 other than that out there, and and it's it can be difficult. And so they said, You need to pray for me that I can get into an environment with some brothers and sisters. And I'm thinking, You are actually in the perfect environment. You have been sent by God to raise up an ecclesia in that workplace. A community of believers working together. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't been to seminary, I haven't been to Bible college, I ain't all that. No, all you need to be is sent. You have the word in you. If you release the word out of your mouth and use boldness, God will follow that word up. And you cast your bread upon the waters, it will not, it, it will not return void. The word of God goes out, it produces in people's lives. But what you do is you've got to be sent. So where, let's put it, let's just think about this a minute. Wherever you are right now in your life, you've been sent there. What if that's true? No, no, it was by accident. The God of no coincidence. The God has put you into a place, but there's no believers there. Huh? So it's like a a dark place that no one's heard from God? Yeah, exactly. You've been there? It's called Starbucks. No, I mean, whatever. He sent you to a place where there's no one that's calling upon the name of the Lord because that is what you're there for. This isn't just a temporary job till you get to your next job. You've been sent there by the Lord. You need to look around the first day and go, okay, Lord, Holy Spirit, what's our strategy here? How are we going to love these people into the kingdom? Because that's usually what it is. It's not about you telling them about all their sins. In fact, the the greatest way, one of the great ways to bring about repentance is through the kindness of God. You start loving on people. You care for people. You do their job, even though you're not being paid to do it. You help them out. You work with them. All of a sudden, they're turning to you, and they're asking questions about your life. And when they do, you preach Jesus Christ. I think there's only one time in scripture where it says those exact words, preach Jesus. It was Philip. Philip saw an Ethiopian eunuch. I think I might have talked about him a couple weeks ago. Seems familiar in my mind. Ethiopian eunuch. He was a a soldier that had been castrated in order to work with the queen. They did that just to make sure there was no issues or difficulty or Whatever. They were strong. They were powerful. They were an elite group. And here he is reading from Scripture out of Isaiah. And Philip goes up to him and he's like, like, who, who is this talking about? And the Bible says, and Philip preached Jesus. And when he got done, he said, do you understand? the man said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what he said. Like, how did he get all that out of the passage? You read the passage, you're like, you know, because I know. It's like, yeah, I can see where he tied it all together. But it's fairly remote. And he speaks to him. He preaches Jesus so much. He said, I need to be baptized. And so they they go down. He baptizes him in water. He goes off. History says that revival broke out in Ethiopia among people that actually went toward the Jewish faith. And, And they trace it back to this Ethiopian that Philip didn't even know. And what's amazing is when they come out of the water, the Ethiopian turns to talk to thank Philip, and Philip is gone. He's been transported about 27 miles away into another community. Every time I read that, I'm like, that's the life I want, Lord. Pray for people, and then, Whoa, will it be here I am, Woo! Illyria, here I am. I mean, that's going to be a fun day. This one is, but somebody, why did the Lord just have angels go? He puts it in your heart. He brings you into unique scenarios. You've got to be sent though. You've got to open your mouth. The second thing is, you've got you to speak. You've got to preach. So, another thing about scripture, share whatever you know, share your testimony, share something. Share the basic gospel of Jesus Christ. First two letters, you know, they always say back in the 70s first two letters of gospel is go. Go. In your mouth say something allow the word of God to come forth out of your mouth when you do it, I was listening to someone this week who just recently spoke publicly preached basically and they told me they said you know it was really weird I was so confused and everything I got up there though and for the time I was up there clarity came like no other time and when it ended it was gone I said that's the anointing it's what happens when you speak otherworldly things, things like about Jesus. It's not about you. You've released it. When you release it, let it do its work. It's going to penetrate deep in their hearts. You preach, and then what happens? Out of this passage, Romans 10, they believe. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I don't know where you work, but if you'll go in there and just begin to build relationship, love on people, and when the appropriate time comes, talk about Jesus. Let me tell you a couple pointers here before you go. The name of Jesus has power attached to it. Disciples were beaten and thrown in prison just for saying the name. The name is a dangerous name in hell. And sometimes you don't know what else to say. Just speak a couple sentences and include Jesus in it. You know, when I gave my life to Jesus... I didn't know there was such a thing as a relationship with Jesus. But when I invited Jesus into my life, when you do that, you are planting seeds of of nocturnal irritation. (laughs) Those seeds pop up in dreams. This is the number one reason that Muslims in the world are coming to Jesus Christ is through dreams. Jesus is appearing to them in dreams. And they're coming. And, And he can do it like in multiple people at the same time. He's God. So the power of who Jesus is and his name. Speak his name. We know all the names of the Lord, but stick when you're when you're evangelizing someone, speaking to someone about Jesus Christ, preaching the gospel, talk about Jesus. And here's the good news. Now see, we, we talk about Jesus and, and we presented bad news. You got to restrict your life. I mean, you're not gonna want to do the things you did before. We give them this whole lecture. How about just say, Jesus will set you? free. In fact, let me just tell you, this is this is the door breaker right here. In Isaiah, uh, let me pull up Isaiah 61, which is basically a Jesus chapter in the Old Testament. Jesus read this in Luke when he was, when he's being sent out. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This is Jesus declaring out of the Isaiah prophecy, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to do what? Preach the good news. Now look how many times in this in these few verses, is preach or proclaim a part of it. It's opening our mouths. Preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives in the opening of prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord in the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Speak, 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 speak. Let's all stand up together if we could. Let me tell you something. I believe that the Lord is taking this church, I, I don't even want to use the term into the streets because it, it, it feels weird. He is going to influence through you in your normal daily life. What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? Just do what you normally do. Home Depot. When I first got into this a few years ago, I went to Home Depot. A young lady was helping me find some insulation. During that time, a, guy, a pipe fell off of the shelf and hit a guy in the head. And this lady with me, of course, she works there. She's stopping. She knows the guy. He's a regular. She says, Ben, what's going on? I said, that pipe fell off and hit me in the head. And I'm there, and I feel like, uh-oh, uh-oh. I said, well, Ben, will you want me to pray for you? Well, if you want to. So I reached out my hand. I said, I'm not going to touch you anything. I'm just going He's bigger than me. I reached out my hand. Jesus healed his head. We proclaim. And, and as I started to pray, behind me, you know, the lady with the little uh, orange smock on, <laughs> she's behind me, works for Home Depot. I'm, I said, Lord Jesus, just pray for your power right now. And I said, she's back there. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke that pain right now. I'm like, yeah, come on. Right, we're going to pray for you together here, you know. We went around. She started sharing testimonies about raising the dead, all kinds of stuff. We go up front. I prayed for her and a whole bunch of people in line held her hands. You know, they were probably like, come on, man, this is fast checkout. It's, you know, they're there holding the hands. We're praying. And, And she said, this made my day. We walked out of Home Depot and I thought, I love ministering to Home Depot. Doesn't matter where you go. You are a carrier of the guy who built this whole thing. And he says, Pastor, we're going to win today. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. You can help us reach others by investing today at BethelCleveland.com give.